0: Players are recorded live in game. Audio quality may vary. <laughs> Sonic realms. Roleplay
1: made real. As Rico leaves the private room, Kurt, Hez, and Drager begin discussing possible strategies for the docks and the Chop Shop. Jet listens and considers the dangers of the upcoming missions and what her role might be. As she does so, a whisper softly answers behind her thoughts. She doesn't notice it at first. She tries to quiet her mind and listen. Her thoughts fade into the background as she begins to hear the voice of her mentor spirit in her head. You're thinking of
0: summoning spirits for your next missions, aren't you? Yes.
2: Guess what? Oh,
1: nothing. Sorry. All right. Hez, Drager, and Kurt continue discussing the missions as Jet pretends to listen to them, holding an entirely different conversation in her mind. Jet isn't entirely convinced she isn't going crazy. You will need a physical center known as a
0: magical lodge to focus your mind to help aid you in this task. If done correctly, you will be able to bind the spirit to your plane of existence. They will be bound to you until their services are fulfilled, no matter how long it takes. Through this physical location, your connection will be stronger and the ill effects of summoning can be swiftly healed. I can help guide you through the creation of this center. But first, you need to gather specific magical supplies.
2: I look up at everyone at the table. I have some errands to run. I'll catch up with you guys later. And I stand up and leave. I reach out to touch Jetangeline's arm. Are you all right? Definitely. Just something I need to take care of.
3: Later,
4: Jet. Hey, Drager. Can I drive back?
3: You hit your head pretty bad. Um, I think I should drive. Let's go.
4: All I gotta do is hit a button.
3: Eh, it's it's more than I trust you with right now.
4: I, I also think Draeger should drive. All right. The only way I'm gonna learn is by doing. Not with a concussion.
1: Right. (laughs) You sleep it off, heal up. Hez, Kurt, and Draeger stand up and leave the room, walking towards the exit.
4: Have a good night, you two. Later, Hez. See you soon, Hez.
1: What was that, Draeger? Draeger checks his comm link. A reminder informs him that rent is due. After purchasing his new supplies, paying rent will leave him nearly broke. Oh,
3: we owe... We owe credits for the... For the
0: place. We gotta pay up. (sighs) Okay. Jet. If you are to bind the spirit, to do your bidding, you will need a magical anchor to this world, to summon a spirit. Once attuned to you and your environment, this anchor or lodge will allow you to focus your mind for extended periods. In order to construct a lodge, you will need reagents which can be found almost anywhere, if you look beyond and through the world.
2: I look around at the street in front of me. Reagents?
0: View the streets with your astral self. Look through and beyond the dense matter into its essence.
2: I look through the world and experience what's happening beyond astrally. The world around Jet
1: shifts and distorts into a black and purple glowing fog. Most of the city appears as a dead and lifeless void.
0: There, look.
1: Near the storm
0: drain. The stone in the stream. Pick it
2: up. I look down at the rock and pick it up, examining it closely.
0: Do you see it? Look through the stone. Look beyond the idea of the stone. Look at the structure of the concept of the stone. The water flowing through the gutter acts as the lifeblood of the city circulating natural mana. This stone has
1: been bathing in it for quite some time. The rock appears to be a black blob at first, but as Jet focuses, a tiny shaft of light begins to shine from its center of gravity. The dim, golden light appears to flicker like fire, but somehow moves and undulates with a lifelike appearance. Jet attunes her mind to this light until she sees what looks like a miniature fire swirling around and through the stone. As Jet looks deeper, the fire looks like it's composed of microscopic dodecahedrons swirling and merging and splitting around each other. They almost seem to be communicating with each other and reaching out to her.
2: I look at the flame but don't feel heat.
1: Yes, good, good
0: for more objects with this quality. Look near trees and run in water. We will need a significant amount before we can construct a large.
2: Excited, I start walking through the streets of the city, closely examining the gutters and anywhere else that might pop out at me.
1: Jet walks the streets for hours, her mind intensely focused on her immediate environment, She finds small traces of reagents near parts of the city not covered in concrete, metal, or machinery. These last vestiges of nature within the city are few and far between. Jet searches until midnight, having collected only three drams of reagents.
2: After three hours of searching, my body feels heavy and tired. I return to my bridge to fall asleep.
1: As Jet drifts off to sleep, she continues learning from her mentor spirit in the form of lucid dreams. As dawn approaches, she opens her eyes. The lessons from her mentor spirit echo into the background of her mind. You
0: will need many more reagents to properly construct your lodge. We don't have enough time to harvest everything required. You will need
1: to find another way to obtain more. Bobby, Bobby, play with us. Hez awakens to her children shaking her in bed. The air in the library is cold enough that she can see wisps of the children's breath escaping from their smiling mouths, as well as her own. Laying next to Hez, Luzquñan turns over and readjusts her position. Uh, it's, It's your turn, Hez.
5: Sorry, I was up late last night working.
1: I groggily awaken and see the
0: children ready. I think to myself, this is a perfect time to practice my throwing skills so that I can lob those grenades the right way. Let's go
1: play some ball. Kurt and Drager have done little to improve the appearance of their stark apartment. They haven't attempted to clean the black grime that lives in every corner of the cement studio, nor the stains on the cement walls. The LED rope lighting is turned off, with the only illumination coming from a dim, yellow overhead light in the kitchen area. Drager is half standing, half leaning on a counter near a bubbling soy calf maker. His face is illuminated by his Comlink, which he is mindlessly scrolling through. Once the soy calf is finished, he puts away his Comlink and flips on the harsh white LED lights, instantly revealing an utterly filthy, dismal apartment.
4: Oh. <laughs> Morning. My head is pounding when I wake up.
3: Hey, he's alive. Hey, you want some soy calf?
4: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Here you go. Take a nice swig of soy calf. Ah. Oh. Hey, Drager, mm-hmm. I want to learn how to f- drive and throw.
3: Yeah, let's, let's, hope, uh, let's hope the tutorial is a little bit easier on you now than it was last time. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I think we should start with throwing rather than, you know, put you behind a wheel of a bigger vehicle than a bike. That seems good. Okay.
4: I pull out my gun. Should we throw this?
3: No. Don't throw the gun.
4: I
1: look around the room for roughly grenade-sized objects. Dregger finishes his mug of soy calf and looks at it, then to Kurt, who is now sitting on the edge of the bed scanning the room. I lightly toss my coffee cup at Kurt.
4: I try to catch it.
1: The mug sails over Kurt and breaks on the concrete wall behind his bed. Ah, Dregger, you got to throw it at me.
3: That was my favorite mug. (sighs) All right, let's... let's keep trying. Grab some toilet paper
4: and throw it at Drager.
1: The toilet paper flies by Drager, knocking over another mug on the kitchen counter.
4: Maybe we should practice driving instead?
3: No, we're gonna get this right. If we have to break every single cup in here, we're gonna get this right. All right?
4: Yeah, maybe we should go somewhere where there aren't mugs to break. Upstairs.
1: Let's go to the roof.
4: All right. I'd take the toilet paper with me.
1: Jet arrives in front of Jungo's, a magical supply shop run by an old friend she hasn't seen in a long time. The entrance has half moons and runes painted on the Shinto-inspired frame with magical trinkets on display in the window. As if by coincidence, a neon open sign flickers on. Jungo emerges from the dimly lit room to unlock the door. He is a tall, obese man with a shaved head, gauged ears, and tribal tattoos covering his entire body. He is wearing a green and black robe with a vest and slacks underneath. Jet hasn't seen him since she was a teenager. Jet, I haven't seen you in years. Welcome back. What brings you here?
2: I'm happy to see Jungo. I look at him. It's good to see you too. I, I think I'm here to buy some reagents.
1: Jungo's face lights up, and he smiles even wider. Ah yes, reagents. I have reagents. Remember the lodge supplies.
2: And uh, I guess I need some lodge supplies too. Mm -hmm. You have those right, if I remember correctly. Yes,
1: yes, come in. I have everything you need. Here, let me show you. Follow me to the counter. They walk inside the shop, which smells of incense and eucalyptus. He grabs an open chest, which contains thick wooden dowels, feathers, wine, a bundle of leaves, ornate cloth, and a bottle of ink. He places the chest on the counter near the register as he bends over to pick up a shiny metal box. He places the box on the counter and opens it, revealing a myriad of empty-looking glass containers of various shapes and sizes. There we go. Will this be all for you?
2: Yeah. Could you actually hand me the ones that are a little less, you know, just, just less colorful, like those down there?
1: Jungo looks to where Jet pointed. There is another chest of lodge supplies, only with more muted colors. I'm trying to be
2: inconspicuous.
1: Oh, yes, of course. Jungo picks up the chest and puts it on the counter next to the other chest and the metallic box. (coughs) He pauses and looks at Jet, practically beaming. Jet, I'm glad you're finally embracing magic. Have you been practicing?
2: Suffice to say, I have recently felt compelled to embrace this.
0: That's how it always goes.
2: So, not to scare you or anything, but uh, I need 97 drams of reagents. Is that something you have on hand?
1: Yeah. Jungo reaches in the metallic box and sorts through the glass containers. He produces a softball-sized glass container and places it on the counter. Jet bends over to get a close look at it. She looks through it, as she did with the stone from the previous night. A floating, glowing flame is hovering within, much easier to see than what was embedded in the rock. It would take Jet days, maybe weeks, to harvest this amount on her own. The flame flickers and reaches out to her against the glass.
0: 97 grams is a bit of an unusual number. Tell you what, there are 100 grams in this bottle. I'll throw in those extra three for free.
1: Normally 100 grams in lodge supplies would be about four thousand dollars but... Jungo smiles at Jet and his gaze softens. He looks at her as if viewing a distant mountain.
0: I can't tell you how happy it makes me to see you finally embracing this side of you. You can have these items for 3500
2: Jungo, thank you. I transfer the creds to Jungo.
0: Thank you. Jungo places the items in a bag. I won't pry into what you're doing, but please... Come see me if you need any help on your journey. Good, Jet. These will do nicely. Come now. We must begin.
1: As Jet's mentor spirit telepathically communicates with her, Jungo's eyes dart to the approximate location where she perceives the voice. He then looks back to her. He subtly nods his head. Good luck out there, Jet. A chill of morning air washes over Draeger as he opens the door to the roof. Kurt follows him and looks out over the city. It's too foggy to make out anything beyond a quarter mile away.
5: Well, well, look who it is.
1: Draeger and Kurt turn around to see Philip and two of his friends sitting on lawn chairs in the middle of the cracking concrete roof. Philip exhales a thick cloud of smoke which slowly dissipates into the fog.
5: You had those cool looking beds.
1: Yeah, that's right.
5: You know. I could take one of those beds off your hands. If you only needed one. It looks like you two might only need one bed, right?
1: Philip looks to his friends and nudges them in the ribs. He then looks back at Kurt and Draeger with a sinister smile. They're not for sale.
5: Not for sale, huh? That's a shame. Well, whatever you guys are doing up here, do it somewhere else. This is our roof. Uh, this is a public commons, right? No one's supposed to be up here.
3: This is everybody's area.
5: This is nobody's area. No one's supposed to come up here, if they know what's good for them. Right, boys? Mm. Oh, yeah.
1: I just turn my back on him and throw toilet paper to Drager. I try to catch it. The toilet paper flies over Drager and off the side of the roof. Philip's smile turns into a frown of confusion.
5: Dude. Did you guys just come up here to throw some toilet paper off the roof? Yeah. I... I don't understand. Why'd you both have to come up here to throw toilet paper off the roof? It had to
3: go. It had to go in the worst way.
5: Practice makes perfect. Practice? You practice throwing toilet paper off roofs often? That's right. You guys are fragging with me. You think I'm stupid?
1: No. I know you're stupid. What? Philip and his gang quickly get up from their chairs and aggressively walk over to Dreger, getting close to his face.
5: I don't think I heard you right. I think I heard you say you were leaving. Okay, fine.
3: Well, uh, we can play catch toilet paper elsewhere if you guys... We interrupted your circle jerk, I realize. So you can go back to whatever it is you're doing up here.
1: Uh, yeah, it's all yours, buddy. Yeah, that's what I thought. The three thugs walk back to their seats, fist bumping each other. I search around for anything else to throw. Kurt sees some empty beer bottles near a milk crate by the door.
4: Ignoring what Philip just said, I pick up a beer bottle off the ground and I throw it to Drager. Hey dragger catch!
1: The bottle flies off to the side, shattering on the top of the roof's retaining wall. A few shards make it over the edge falling to the parking lot below. Philip looks at his friends in confusion and scratches his head. While they're looking at us, I look directly at him. I pick up another bottle and throw it back at Kurt. I attempt to catch the bottle. As Drager was looking at Philip, he failed to notice the bottle's broken, jagged bottom. The sharp glass cuts deep into Kurt's hand as he successfully Ah! catches the bottle. (laughs) Drager, what are you doing? I didn't. The bottom of that. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Oh,
4: the bottom of that was Sharp.
3: Mm, Yeah. (sighs) Sorry. I didn't see it. Let's go... Let's go bandage you up. You don't want to bleed everywhere.
4: I'll look over at Philip and his friends. Hey, do you guys have something we
5: could throw? Mm? You guys are... You guys are crazy. You're crazy people.
3: Do you have anything we can throw? We just need... A nice volley going here, we keep losing all the stuff we're throwing at each other.
5: We just need throwable objects.
3: Something else. Anything.
5: Anything really would work. Man, just throw yourself off the edge. You know what? Take the roof today, okay? You guys seem like a problem that's going to take care of itself. Come on, boys. We're out of (laughs) here.
1: Philip and company glare at Kurt and Drager as they exit the roof, leaving behind their area of chairs, bottles, and a table with an ashtray.
5: We're going to
4: get this, Drager. I walk over to where... Philip and his friends were sitting and I grab the
1: ashtray and I throw it at Drager. Ah! Drager tries to leap to the side to catch the ashtray, but it whizzes past him and shatters on the ground.
4: Uh sorry about that Drager. That was that was my bad. I my hands really hurting. Yeah, I can
3: see that. Well, um we should get that taken care of and bandage it up. Yeah, yeah. We can come back here anytime we want to. And, and do this. I don't think those guys are going to be back.
4: That's true. Maybe we should just take the rest of the stuff that they had, because then we'll have lots more stuff to throw.
3: Let's go back downstairs. Take care of that hand of yours. Get you some more rest. Meantime, I can grab all this other stuff and bring it down to the place so we could, we could practice some more. All right? Awesome.
1: That sounds like a plan. Drager picks up the milk crate, collects more bottles, and finds a tennis ball in the corner. He then accompanies Kurt back to their apartment. Once inside, Drager digs out a med kit from under some dirty laundry and begins treating Kurt. You know, Drager, I'm not giving up. We're gonna
4: get this figured out.
3: I like that attitude. I like that attitude. I hold Kurt's wrist and bandage his hand up. I cover up the scars and it's a combination of tape and gauze and paper towels. And it's about the size of an oven mitt when I'm done.
1: Drager closes the med kit and picks up the tennis ball. He begins bouncing it against the wall.
4: What are you doing the rest of the day? I could do this all day. I got nothing going on until that illegal equipment gets to us. Uh, you still need to learn how to drive, yeah? Yeah, gotta learn how to drive and throw. We're gonna get this figured out.
3: You want the car keys? You can take my car if you wanna. Maybe I will do that. Go ahead. World's your oyster. I throw my car keys at Kurt. The keys sail through the air landing a good four feet away from Kurt. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. <clears throat> Go, have fun. You're getting better, Drager. I reach
4: over and grab the keys and head out.
1: Tucked under an overpass on a quiet street, wispy strands of incense smoke catch the orange light of a nearby streetlight. At the exact moment the cone of incense burns out, Jet opens her eyes. She is sitting in the lotus position within a circle of crystals and obelisks, flanked by a tattered cloth tied to wooden dowels which form a small geodesic dome shape. Good, Jet. good. The lodge is now perfectly attuned
0: to your energy. This place of power will amplify your magical abilities and protect you from magical attacks. From this place, You will be able to draw enough energy to bind a spirit to you. The connection will be strong enough to keep the spirit with you on this plane for as long as you need it. The time is right to summon an ally.
2: I hear the bears speak and I look around my lodge, feeling absolutely at home. I decide he's right. I start thinking about the upcoming mission and wonder if an aerial attack might be. The direction we need to go i decide to summon an air spirit
1: jet closes her eyes again and reaches out with her mind everything seems more clear inside the lodge as magical energy accumulates a breeze begins to move the tattered cloth around her the breeze picks up as jet makes contact with an air spirit the air begins to concentrate in front of jet a subtle blue energy begins to billow in the wind But at the last second, it all dissipates into nothing. Jet failed to bridge a strong enough connection to summon a spirit.
0: Don't worry, Jet. You still have time. We will get this right.
1: A full week passes. Draeger, Kurt, Jet, and Hez continue to practice and improve their skills. On the 10th day, everyone meets with Rico near his van in a back alley near the Black Jug. He opens the rear doors, which reveal a large shipping container. Okay, it wasn't easy, but it got everything you requested goggles with night and thermal vision, binoculars, wrist mounted motion sensor, climbing gear, Yamaha pulser taser, long range laser microphone, endoscope, a, a directional jammer, and the fun stuff silencers, flechette rounds, flashbangs, grenade careful with that, and a refurbished, fully functional, slightly used chameleon suit. Everyone credits Rico a total of 3,500 Nuyen. Upon confirmation of the funds, Rico grins and looks up. Whiz. Everyone grabs their items from the van, examining them before stuffing them into their pockets and jackets. Jet folds up the chameleon suit and tucks it under her arm, trying to hide a devious smile. Thanks, chummers. See you later. Very good, thank you. Thanks, Rico. Rico gets in his van and pulls out into the road. Gregor, Jet, Hez, and Kurt stand in the alley and silently look at each other. In a few days, their lives will be in each other's hands. With knowing glances, they depart. Gregor and Kurt return to their apartment, Jet to her lodge under the bridge, and Hez to her family in the abandoned library. Everybody is preoccupied with the back-to-back missions at the docks and the chop shop. With their newly developed skills, completed legwork and new gear, they've hedged their risks as much as possible. All they can do now is wait until the midnight ambush at the docks. Game mastering and narration by Paul Greenleaf. is played by Marcus Freeman. Jatangeline is played by Mackenzie Paulus. Kurt is played by Chris Tomasso.
2: His yes. is played by Torvald Tempestus.
1: Additional voices by... Tony Campbell. Marcus Freeman. Damian Sidlow. Editing, arrangement, original music, and production by Paul Greenleaf. For more story, character details, production notes, and how to support Sonic Realms, please visit sonicrealmspodcast.com. To learn more about the world of Shadowrun, visit Shadowrun.com and ShadowrunTabletop.com the Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to Sonic Realms to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Sonic Realms in any official capacity whatsoever. All other works mentioned in the podcast are the property of their respective owners. Original content of the Sonic Realms podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported and share-like license. If you use any part of the show, please credit Sonic Realms. And hey, thanks for listening.
4: No hits. No hits and I glitched. Oh man, I glitched it super hard. <laughs> you throw out these keys. Oh, it's so perfect. It's such a perfect capper. Oh God.
1: Oh, and if you could sleep a review, that would be, that would be so cool. I-